Hello and welcome to The Shana Show. I'm your host, Shana Sapi, a qualified nutritionist and mindset coach. I'm on a mission to help you live a nourished life on every single level. This podcast dives into the world of holistic health and personal development. Here, I combine practical knowledge and tools with the science of behavior change to help you embody your best self. It's my aim that this podcast inspires you and provides you with the resources to live the life of your dreams. So if you're ready to become your happiest and healthiest self, you are in the right place. Thank you for tuning in. Welcome to the Shana Show, Patty. Thanks for having me, Shana. So great to be here. <laughs> yeah, I'm really excited to have you here and introducing my guest for the day. I'm very excited to be here having this couch chat with. We have Patrick McDonald also known as Patty McTruth. Go by a few names. We've got the Corporate Shaman, <laughs> Patty McDingo. Yeah, yeah, people uh, seem to have whatever names they want. And, yeah. uh, I'm open to all of them. I think that's one of the joys of life is getting to play different roles to yeah. different people and getting to live out all these different realities. And why not, mm. hey? Why limit ourselves to one particular way of being? Yeah, I love that. And I want to share a little bit about who you are before we go into some of your background and your story and your context. And the reason I wanted to bring you on the podcast today as well. And to me, you really are such a pillar of leadership and strength. And I really see how embodied you are within yourself, within your authentic expression, the way you show up and you lead from your heart, you inspire others. And just like all of the deep, deep wisdom and how grounded you are in your truths and in the wisdom that you hold and carry and the ways you're able to be here and serve. And I feel like those leadership codes and those embodiment codes and just the way you've navigated your life and embarked on the healing journey and gained so much deep wisdom. I feel like that's going to make for a really interesting and insightful conversation. <laughs> Thank you so much. I yeah, appreciate that. You're welcome. Yeah. And we were chatting earlier about how we just want to kind of see how this intuitively goes. And I've got some things I'd love to ask you about, but mm. really just excited to see what comes through, even just already what you've said through this introduction and through having fun with it and playing those different roles. That in itself is already such like a gem of wisdom that we kind of can overlook in life and it's mm. a beautiful reminder to us to allow ourselves to play with different archetypes and play with different parts of ourselves. and part of that is really getting to know ourselves and mm. I feel like that's something that you've really done and will be a great guide for all of us today. Yeah yeah look and I think there's that that middle ground as well isn't there like for me um, I've kind of gone on this journey of exploration where I've got to try on all these different roles and I think it can be quite valuable to test out all these different roles and archetypes even if they don't feel like they fit mm. just to learn that they don't fit yeah. and then maybe to see that another one does and I think for me as I'm getting older I'm landing in the key ones that are mine for this lifetime mm. and there's a bunch of others that I've tried that aren't but they've been critical to helping me land in where I am yeah yeah that's super powerful and what are you feeling like currently are some of your archetypes that you are really feeling grounded in and they are who you are yeah well it's it's who i am and get to express but it's also like what i'm choosing to do and the things that i'm like choosing to stand for mm. and i guess like with those comes they require a certain version of me to show up yeah and so it's interesting because i've had 17 years in the corporate space as an accountant then a director and leading companies and then I moved into more of a coach role, more of a facilitator role. And I've had the last few years 
um, really focusing on expanding my service out in running events and in the spiritual community. Mm -hmm. And now I'm in a phase where I'm feeling really called to shift the focus back and bring all of this that I've learned for the last few years into the business corporate space and really mm. help bridge these worlds. Yeah. And so I'm feeling this sense of like letting go of part of the role of what I've had for the last couple of years, yeah. bringing parts of it with me that will still serve, mm -hmm. but re-meeting this old version of me that I had kind of put in a cupboard, I guess, yeah. <laughs> for one of a, maybe he's been sitting on the couch for a, for a couple of years and yeah. uh, bring him back in but in a way where he's going to need to be a team player and really like integrate with the other parts of me that have come online since then mm. as well. And so that's one key archetype and role that's coming up for me now is that role of leader, is that role of, of servant as well, I see is very um, connected to that mm -hmm. um, being of service. And so um, with that, there's, that's a big part of my life. Separate to that, there's me as a husband, there's me as a DJ, there's mm -hmm. me as um, a lover and advocate for the dingoes. There's mm -hmm. like all these different parts of me that feel core and I just mm -hmm. know that they're my journey. And the other ones that are close to it, the challenge for me is not spreading myself too thin and actually getting quite ruthless in cutting away the ones that are 99% there. Yep. Like, cool, like, I can let that go. And even if I don't yet know what's gonna replace it, like, I'm playing for the 100% authenticity. Mm, yeah, and something that kind of makes me think of, of how inspiring you are when it comes to the kind of death and rebirth cycle and being willing to let go of parts of you and willing to go into the depths of pain and grief and I know in times when I've been grieving you've been such a beautiful messenger and really supporting me mm. through that and seeing the beauty in that mm. um, and yeah it always just like fascinates me and inspires me when you're like kind of going through another evolution and you're letting one part of you die off and bringing in those other parts of you it's it's really fascinating your relationship with that death and rebirth and yeah all right yeah. well here we go <laughs> down the rabbit hole yeah. we go yeah so i believe that we're all we all have multiple lifetimes available to us in this one lifetime mm. we all can live a hundred different versions of ourselves throughout our lifetime if we choose to mm -hmm. Or we can hold on to the one that feels safe for as long as we possibly can until eventually life says to us, time to let that one go and makes it happen mm. in a way that we're not expecting and we're probably not choosing. Yeah. And the way I've found to really work with that and do it in a way that feels the most like I'm in control is to really proactively go into experiences that force me to look at the parts of myself that aren't serving me anymore mm -hmm. and let them go. Not just in my mind, but through my body mm. as well. And yeah. through moving some of those, whether that be through, you know, in plant medicine ceremonies, there's ways to energetically purge or clear those energies from our body. Yep. Um, and that is for me one of the most powerful ways that it can be done on a physical level, mm -hmm. but on a more everyday level 
even just moving our body, whether it be through dance or through uh, going in the ocean, letting the water wash over us. These are all ways to refresh ourselves and to um, also bring intention to that too, where we're clear on the fact that when we enter that practice of letting go, when we step out, we're a blank slate Mm. and being open to the fact that something new might be coming. Yeah, I love that. And I really agree with that power of the intention. Like we can do anything and it can be just another thing or we can do it as like a ritual with intention, like going into the ocean and letting things wash away Mm. and just feeling the difference and the power in that. Um, So bringing more ritual and ceremony and intention to life can be so healing in itself. Yeah, totally, totally. And what I found with death and rebirth is that my belief system is that what is meant for me is coming for me. And the only thing that's stopping it coming for me is there not being enough space in my life mm-hmm. for me to welcome it in. Yeah. And so one of the scariest but most powerful things that I've done for myself is just creating more space in my life, mm-hmm. just doing less and saying no to more things. And I remember actually coming out of a transformational tantra retreat a couple of years ago called ISTA level two, I had this sense of like my world around that experience was crumbling and Mm -hmm. professional situations, relationship, like all these things were falling away. And I was like, cool, I've been through this dance before. I know that like that means that something better is coming. Awesome. I'm so excited for what's on the other side of this. And it fell away. And I went to the retreat and I came out and like, all right, life, I'm ready to go. Let's go. And then just nothing, just crickets Mm. for like a month. And I'm sitting there going, did I just like let everything go for nothing? Like, is this now where I'm at? (laughs) And I've just got nothing. (laughs) And the desire was there to create, like just go out there and hustle and like force these things back into place to like feel safe again, to feel comfortable because I'd have something to hold on to. But actually it was very clear to me that the message was, just sit in that discomfort for a bit longer, a little bit longer. And what's meant for you is coming. Mm. And like you've seen my life since then. Yeah, and the whirlwind well, you've been on since. <laughs> it's been so wild. Yeah. And since then, you know, like in a very short space of time, met my dream woman, proposed to her. And we got married three times, yeah. four honeymoons. <laughs> um, and plenty of other magic that um, you know, I don't need to go into right now. but. I also um, you know, have had so many other amazing experiences just happen by themselves, it feels. Mm. Like I've been doing some things to make them happen, but life has definitely been co-creating this with me. Yeah. Yeah, that's so powerful because we've kind of been conditioned to believe that we have to go out and make things happen or force or do, do, do. Whereas I love what you're saying about letting go and allowing yourself to do less and create the space for those things to come in. And obviously Mm. there's still that balance and that law of action needs to be at play too. But yeah, it's just so powerful to remember that we're not alone in this and that Mm. life is working with us and for us. Mm. Yeah, Yeah, if we let it. Yeah, that's so true. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) if we let it, yeah. I know I'm a bit of a control freak sometimes. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I like my version of the vision that I've created and then Mm -hmm. life's like hey how about this I'm like 
quiet life. I'm trying to <laughs> do something over here. <laughs> Thinking we know better. Yeah. Trying to like, yeah, curate. Yeah. yeah. So that, that's been a big lesson of humility for me, I think, is mm. really remembering that, um, you know, there is a plan that's greater than mine. And, you know, it wants to hear my desires. Like, it mm. wants to be a part of co-creation with me. Yeah. But ultimately, like, it knows better than I do. So every single time something challenging has happened to me, it's hurt for a while, basically for as long as I've resisted it, it's hurt. Mm -hmm. As soon as I've stopped resisting it, yes, emotion has come, mm -hmm. but that has been a peaceful, blissful experience, which I can talk about in a second because it's yeah. a big point. Yeah. But once then that's passed, the next thing that's meant for me and is that next level of aligned for me, mm -hmm has come without fail every time, 100% success rate. Yeah. And not just for me, but for everyone that I, I work with and speak to and my friends, like it's just obvious, right? Like it just, life's got our backs. Yeah, the resistance really is in the suffering. <laughs> totally. Yeah, totally. Sorry, the suffering is in the resistance. Yeah, rather. yeah, that's a, yeah. a quote I've heard from the Buddhist um, world around like, mm. you know, Pain is compulsory in this lifetime, but suffering is optional. Yes. And what so I love about that, it's like, yeah, cool. Like physical pain, like yeah, if I get like punched in the arm, it's going to hurt. Mm -hmm. But like if I sit there going like, oh, that shouldn't have happened. And like, you know, who is this guy that's just punched me in the arm? <laughs> like, I'm going to get him back and I'm going to plot this revenge. Like that pain, that suffering could last for years. Yeah. Um, but if I just actually be with the sensations that are happening in my arm mm -hmm. and actually like really get present with it and really breathe and relax into it, mm -hmm. it's not even a negative thing. Mm -hmm. It's not even like the mind creates judgment of positive and negative, but when I'm actually just with it, it's just a sensation that's just doing its thing. Yeah. And it's actually kind of interesting. Mm. Yeah. Like some people, and I've got it, anyone watching a video can see I've got a bunch of tattoos. <laughs> yeah. and these were rites of passages where I chose to, rather than distract during them and like watch something or like read something, or I chose to, for the whole, you know, this one on my arm took three days of like average of 10 hours a day. Wow. Um, the whole way through, my focus was on where is the needle touching my skin right now? Mm. And can I feel that to the maximum possible cap capacity that I have? Wow. And can I find pleasure inside that pain? Mm, and yeah. the answer was usually uh, keep trying. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then eventually, yeah, actually, wow. yeah, there's something here. And it was like a real, yeah. once I had that moment, it was like to pop through into another reality. Yeah, that's so fascinating. And that's definitely like a big lesson I've learned from you as well is like transmuting the pain into pleasure mm. and what you touched on briefly. And I know we're going to go into in a moment is that like feeling the emotions fully can bring about that feeling of bliss. It doesn't have to be the discomfort or yeah, yeah the things that don't feel so good. Totally. Um, so I want to talk more about that. And I also I want to talk more about what you mentioned before about like moving the energy through you. Um, and I really want to dive into that whole like healing through movement. Yeah. Um, which one are you feeling called to like dive into next? Yeah, well, I can't resist talking to that quote that you mentioned there, some powerful Joseph Campbell magic, um, any emotion fully felt is bliss. Mm -hmm. And what I love about that is this 
full wholehearted embracing of the whole spectrum of life. Mm -hmm. Because when we speak about emotion, a lot of people look at this as life force energy. Like emotion is how we're actually feeling life. It's how we're relating mm -hmm. to life. And so if I'm feeling not, like numb and shut down and not very emotional, like that actually for me is a less rich experience of life than those times when I'm feeling like really engaged and like really just like there's like there's something going on here mm. yeah and so even if it's like a challenging thing it's like I'm in it right when there's like a lot of anger like I'm in that moment yeah. like I'm with life mm. when there's sadness it's like okay like this is hard but I'm I'm here for it right now mm -hmm. and I think like the best example I had of this was when my nan passed away about four years ago, I had been kind of playing with this concept for a bit, but I hadn't fully experienced it. And my nan passed away and I remember getting the call from my mum and I was at work, so I went home from work at the time and just lay in bed for a bit. And just after a while, like it just came, this wave of grief. Mm. And because I had space and I had some tools to do to work with this, I just let it come. I didn't fight it. I didn't have any, I had much less resistance than, than I had previously around seeing, you know, men don't cry and all these kind of things. Like I know that like emotion is healthy. Yeah. So it started to come and I let it come through and this whole wave of grief flooded my body and released through my eyes and through my sobbing and through like just waves of energy pulsing through my body. Mm -hmm. And it was one of the most orgasmic, beautiful, blissful feelings mm. I'd ever had. And it was so clear to me that the grief I was feeling was a direct reflection, exactly correlated with the amount of love that I had for my nan. Yeah. Like, and how beautiful. Like, so beautiful. I wouldn't give that experience up for the world. That was so special. Yeah. And obviously I would love to have continued to have seen my nan, like no doubt, but yeah. you know, I know that she also had her level of peace with, um, with moving on mm. and death is part of life. We like, I think we all know this to a degree and we all forget it to a degree. Yeah. But if I'm for the time that I am alive, I want to live it fully. Mm. And that means being here for the full range of emotional experience. Yeah. Because we're all going to feel all the things. Yeah. We just get to choose how much we show up for it. Yeah. And how much we enjoy the process as well. Or if we do want to resist it and suffer it and not be fully alive and feeling life, as you mentioned, it's yeah. such like a great reflection of, yeah, how much are we actually feeling life? How much are we actually here in this human experience allowing yeah. ourselves to feel it, the full spectrum of it? Totally. And look, yeah. this is, everyone has their own belief on this, but my belief is a hundred percent solid that by suppressing these emotions, mm -hmm. holding it in with tension, mm -hmm. we, that's the literal root cause of any disease in the body, yeah. physical disease, can actually be reversed by starting to heal some of these emotional blockages and traumas yeah. in the body. Yeah. 
I so stand with you on that. And the more I've learned and the more I've been on my own like health path and studying nutrition and things, I used to think it was all just the physical stuff. And it's like, yeah, what we eat, how we move. And the deeper I've gone, the more I've learned. I've seen like everything has an energetic and emotional cause. Mm. Um, and it's just so fascinating when we actually are willing to look at that and we're willing to go there and like really support ourselves through healing our relationship with emotions and on that energetic level as well it can just completely transform the yeah. our physical elements that are appear, appearing yeah. yeah yeah absolutely and yeah. like a, another practical way we can relate to it too is how it shows up in our habits and mm. our actions yeah because you know like you can speak to this more than i can right but i'm sure emotional eating yeah. is one that can be very easily understood by people yeah you know we're fit like I had this the other day, I decided I'm not going to eat sugar um, mm-hmm. this year. And yeah. so I refined sugar. Just <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and uh, so I was sitting at my computer and I got a message about something and it challenged me. And I, I, I watched myself the whole way through. I just stood up, walked over to the fridge mm. and I caught myself though because I was watching. I was like, what am I doing? <laughs> yeah. And then I realized, oh no, I can't have any sugar. Yeah. What am I going to do? So I was like, I guess I have to be with the emotion. Yeah. And I went and sat down and I was like, oh, here we go. <laughs> yeah. But I felt better afterwards. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. Otherwise, you just kind of get stuck in that cycle of continuing to turn to food to self soothe. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that emotional piece is such a big part, obviously, for emotional eating. But even for, like you said, so many of our other habits and the way we choose to show up and do things for ourselves or not do things for ourselves. Like, we can get stuck in those procrastination cycles, which are ultimately just protective strategies and us mm. being stuck in survival, whether it's scrolling through um, social media or binge watching television shows or numbing through alcohol, like all of these kind of other habits can come back to some sort of emotional root or emotional cause more often mm. than not. Yeah. 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 Totally. yeah. Totally. And this is not to say that the emotions, like, cause we talk about this tool called emotional release, which mm-hmm. is so valuable to like, really help clear some of the energy through that's been maybe stuck there for a while or unblocking some things. Yeah. And that, I believe, is one half of the equation because mm-hmm. emotion ultimately is energy. Mm-hmm. And so we can choose to release some things that aren't serving us or we can choose to retain it mm-hmm. and like use it as fuel for mm-hmm. what we're going after. Yeah. Um, just, I think, that requires a reasonable level of awareness to be able to dance with it in a way that is um, is actually channeled in the way that we're choosing and isn't mm. sort of spilling out in ways that we're not choosing. Yeah, that's so true. And yeah, speaking of emotion being energy um, mm. and this concept of energy and motion, which we're actually bringing as an event and we'll dive into that a little bit later in the episode. Yeah. How did you start to cultivate this relationship with your emotions and start to move your emotions? And how has movement been a form of healing for you? Mm. Yeah, I just want to make it very clear as well as this was not natural for me. Mm. Like when I was 17, my mum suggested I get a job as an accountant. And I was so excited by that idea because it meant that I could hide behind a desk and not speak to anyone and not have to like do anything like that would challenge me or like not have to really be too human like I could just yeah. really be like that person in a back office that is is hiding and 
accessing my emotions and really like stepping into this chapter of like really fully expressing and by extension being seen Mm -hmm. is it goes against like my inner childhood fears of like rejection and how am I going to be judged by my peers and especially girls Mm -hmm. if like they see me to be especially like emotional as a man like there's so much programming there which I don't agree with at a like real level but like Mm -hmm. has been put in by just the way that I've navigated society. Yeah. So this is not something that came easy, but I think actually because it was such a challenge, that's why I met it so deeply Mm. in my journey and I sought out healing in this space. Mm -hmm. And so I had my own journey with um, some of the the modalities we've spoken about, like Tantra and plant medicine and breath work and ecstatic dance and Mm. um, all these other different beautiful options that are available. Yeah. Um, and I think my biggest wounds were around relationships and really wanting to call in the woman of my dreams and build a a life that we could be proud of together. Mm -hmm. And I found that no matter how much I I looked for it outside, I was always blocked by my own ability to really relate to myself wholly inside Mm. and by building a relationship with my emotions and by really building that connection point with like all of the parts of myself that had like I'd previously resisted the anger the guilt the loneliness the shame like and I'd have specific examples in my upbringing or my, my background that I could relate these to and take evidence from like cool you did that so therefore you should feel guilty so that's Mm -hmm. a valid thing like I had to go through the process of connecting with each of those parts of myself feeling that emotion Mm -hmm. releasing what needed to be released and loving myself the whole way through the process Mm. and by doing that and I'm still on the journey like I'm 30 35 like I'm a long way from done um, but by doing that I've found that there's more of myself that I've loved and therefore more of my, like I feel more whole because mm. of that. And because of that, I'm showing up more wholly. Yeah. And I'm connecting with and attracting people that want to be around that. Mm. And so that has been what drove me into this path of really deepening my relationship with myself was out of a, I guess it was a fear of loneliness, right? And really searching for that partner outside, which, you know, once I kind of really got comfortable inside, the rest kind of mm. looks after itself. Yeah, yeah, that's so potent. And you can really feel the authenticity that's come with that journey of meeting those parts of you, allowing them to feel all that they feel and integrating those mm. parts of you as well. Um, because there's less to hide, right? Like when we are feeling like, oh, shame around this or guilt around this or anger around this or sadness around this and we're holding all of these within us and we haven't felt that and we haven't been with that part of us that's still holding on to it. Yeah. It's kind of like we're walking through life with masks on. Yeah. And I really feel like all of the deep work you've done because you just show up as you and 
yeah, it's just so inspiring to see that it's like, yeah, this is me, this is who I am, this is all of me. Um, So you can really feel that transformational journey you've been on and really honoring you for going to those places because it's not easy. Thank you, appreciate (laughs) that. And yeah, look, honoring myself as well and also acknowledging, I just realized I didn't answer the question at all. So (laughs) I'm going to come back to the question. (laughs) So, um, but like to piggyback off that, maybe it needed to be said, because of that journey, I think I got a little bit addicted to the deep inner work mm. and really like that expansive feeling of, of continuing to grow. And yeah. it's there's some health in that and there's some shadow in that as well as, as both. Yeah. And um, I found myself going to what I could see for myself as the pinnacle of those types of experiences where I felt myself called and really following the guidance of life to head over to South America for four months. Mm-hmm. And in that time, I got to spend two weeks with a local Shipibo tribe in the Peruvian Amazon doing a master plant dieta with ayahuasca and another special plant called Tamamuri. Mm-hmm. And I also, after that, went up to Costa Rica and did level three of ISTA, which has been a profoundly life-changing part of my life. Mm-hmm. And both of these experiences for me felt like, at least where I was at at that stage, like the pinnacle of inner work that mm. I could put myself into. Yeah. And they were intensely challenging and they made me like really find new strength in myself to become the next version of myself. Mm-hmm. And at the end of it, the main realization I took out of it was great you've done all this work now just go play yeah why are you still working man (laughs) and yeah that it felt like something that you know duh like I could have done that from the start but I actually Mm -hmm. think I needed to go on that full circle journey Mm. for it to really anchor within me so that I can take that realization forward um, beyond this point into my life yeah um so what happened next was then I got called, like just again, following the signs of, of life, it took me to Guatemala next. And for some reason, I saw this invitation to an ecstatic dance festival in Guatemala. And along with it, there was a DJ training. And I'd never done any DJ training before. I'd never really played an instrument, never really considered myself that musical. Yeah. Um, And so it didn't make any sense for me to do it. But then when I saw this thing come up, I was like, my heart just jumped out of my chest. and like, absolutely, like I'm there. And so I found myself there. And through like really leaning into like, how can I continue to bring like the energy of like continual renewal Mm -hmm. and moving with the current of life, but with an element of play, and, and bringing like a lightness to this as well. Um, ecstatic dance just really met me there. It was like, wow, okay, cool. This is both healing and fun yeah. and all the things. And simultaneously I got um, connected in with some local people who um, have been cultivating cacao and serve cacao f- through generations, which is another incredible plant, which is again, much lighter than some of these more heavy Um, big plant medicines cacao is much more about opening the heart having fun um, you know 
dancing, playing music. And, uh, mm -hmm. and through this plant as well, I just really had this connection of like, wow, this is what I need for this chapter of my life. Mm -hmm. This is something that can help me go deep, but also have fun and be light at the same time. Yeah. Yeah, it's cool how you've gone on that journey, like into the depths and then you've brought it back out into the realms of fun and play and beauty. Yeah. And allowing yourself to transform in that energy too, rather than it always having to be hard or dark or deep. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Not to say that the beautiful one isn't just as deep. It's just a different flavor, isn't it? Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. And look, everyone, this is why with any of this work, it's a very personal thing yeah. and anyone should really listen to their own guidance around what mm -hmm. to do next and not compare with someone else's journey and go, oh, they did that. So maybe I should do that. Yeah. Like maybe, maybe not. Yeah. And tell me a little bit about where your connection to ecstatic dance began. Like that wasn't your first exposure over there. It was your first exposure to learning the art of being an ecstatic dance DJ. And I love that full transformation from a corporate accountant to an ecstatic dance yeah. DJ and bringing that flavor in. Um, but yeah, like how did ecstatic dance support you on this journey? before you actually went and also became a trained ecstatic dance DJ and now you mm. serve that medicine to others too. Yeah, like I wasn't super deep into it, but I had had experiences with it. And mm -hmm. ultimately the healing part of that came from for me from being in a space where I prioritized how I was feeling over how others, I was perceiving others were perceiving me, mm. if that makes sense. So, yeah. you know, my most of my life dancing, I associated with going to a nightclub and trying to look good so that a girl would find me attractive yeah. um, and so that other people there wouldn't laugh at me. Like that was my association with dancing. Yeah. Um, and then I found this environment and this community where I could show up and do whatever felt good as long as I wasn't hurting someone else or stepping over someone else's boundaries. Mm -hmm. I could just be however I was called to be mm -hmm. and no one cared. Everyone was just doing their own thing and I was, people were celebrated for being authentic. Mm. And so for me, that was healing because again, like we spoke before about energy and emotion and emotion can be trapped in our body. Yeah. And so especially, you know, for it can be everywhere, but let's just focus in on the hips, for example. Mm -hmm. And especially from a male's perspective, like think about how, that can be perceived by society. If I was to get on like the news and just like start shaking my hips, <laughs> like the amount of judgment that I would receive from people mm -hmm. that had no context or anything, they just like would be like, oh, look at that guy, what a weirdo, or like all these things mm -hmm. that may come from some people yeah. can cause shame or other emotions to be stored in the body in these areas. Mm -hmm. And so by doing it in a way where I'm showing myself by reflection of the, the the love that's held in that space, yeah. that I can I can move whatever way I want because movement is a birthright. It's yeah. part of being a, an animal human being, mm -hmm. and by moving my body in that way, I can really release some of that shame. Mm. And shame's just one example, right? Like, yeah. if any emotion wants to express through it, sometimes it wants to come through in some kind of like artistic expression or dance yeah. and like that can make the experience of it so much more beautiful yeah think of the haka yeah. the yeah. haka is a great <laughs> example because like how much raw aggression is channeled into that you could call it a dance it's 
could be called many other things as well. Yeah. Um, but it, I believe through the channeling of that aggression into this incredible art form mm. helps the unhealthy expressions of that, let's call it anger, Mm-hmm. be expressed out into the people around them yeah in a really yeah healthy way mm. yeah absolutely mm-hmm. yeah I love that and what you were saying there around the that judgment of what people might think of you shaking your hips on the news I feel like part of being in that room of ecstatic dance and seeing that you're accepted and like healing that own insecurity within yourself because that is only a fear of ours if we're afraid of that judgment because we're judging ourselves for it yeah but yeah being able to be witnessed in that authentic expression and loved and celebrated um that yeah so so healing totally yeah Yeah. like it's a great example because if i was to go on the news and do this and receive all this judgment but i was solid in my love for myself yeah that also is incredibly healing yeah but because if i was a little bit shaky i'd be easier to be knocked off yeah um and what's supportive about having a community that's like celebratory of full expression Mm -hmm. is that it's very unlikely you're going to be knocked off yeah yeah totally yeah yeah it's really interesting because part of our story of how we met and became friends and things is we obviously met at Authentic Relating and mm. that workshop. But then, what was it, like a year or so later, yeah. I came along to one of your events, a Red Pill Ritual, yeah. which is all about movement and emotional release. Yeah. Um, and there was also some breath work in there as well. Mm. And you were kind of like a pinnacle part of my healing journey and my journey to like learning to express my emotions through movement. Amazing. Yeah. And I love how now it's coming full circle and now <laughs> we're co-facilitating yeah. energy and motion and supporting other people on this journey because it's totally. something that's so deeply moved us and so deeply transformed our life when we have learned to move energy through us and release it and have fun with it. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it's really cool just kind of reflecting on that and, yeah, the key yeah. piece that you played in my journey. So thank you. For, yeah, my pleasure. Yeah. yeah thank, you for, thank you for being a part of mine as well. It's been, yeah. like, really magical. And what I really heard in what you shared there is how, like, of course it's so poetic, right? Like, mm, of course, yeah. just because it's meant to be. It's like it's these crazy. things are happening and there's so many little clues along the way if we want to notice them. Yeah, that's so, so true. Um, I feel like this is a great time to kind of talk a little bit about energy and motion in yeah. this event that we're now launching and sharing with the world to help people heal through fun and beauty and play. Yeah. Um, yeah. What would you like to kind of share? What's like your vision for this event and your intention for energy and motion? Mm. Yeah. Beautiful. So it really is building on what we've spoken about, about honoring all of the emotions and honoring the full spectrum of the human experience. So it's creating a space where through the power of dance and community and connecting with cacao and really bringing this sense of, of play and presence to what could otherwise be, people could be anywhere on Chapel Street, for example, on a, on a Saturday night mm-hmm. um, doing whatever they want. But what we'll be doing is we'll be having some externally similar experiences like dancing, but the inner transformation that can come alongside that mm. can be profound. Yeah. So what we're going to be doing is we're launching this monthly series uh, where we're going to go through the seven chakras. Mm. And we're really excited about this because getting seven of Melbourne's best established and up and coming DJs in the ecstatic dance space. And we're 
crafting a journey where you know people can definitely come for one of the nights rather than all seven but if you want to be a part of a seven month journey i believe we're going to be opening a real co-created story that will weave through the seven months and i've been part of containers like this in the past where it's so magical and crazy how much the themes that are alive each month just mm. organically show up in my life yeah and the what i find to be super beneficial about that is that because i have this perspective of like oh cool this is this is the theme we're working with we're working with the root chakra okay cool well root chakra symbolizes safety and money and oh it makes sense that i'm feeling a bit nervous around my finances right now cool maybe this is being healed maybe i'm actually stepping into the next chapter of this like yeah. helps me look at things with a different lens mm. and so that's kind of like the journey itself i could speak to for, for a while but just to come into the individual um, experience of one of these nights yeah. um, so so grateful that we get to co-create this and you're going to be serving some of this incredible guatemalan cacao that i brought back from um, my time in lake atitlan yeah um and um, I'm going to DJ the launch event, which I'm super yes. pumped about. <laughs> yeah. And uh, we're also going to be collaborating with some other exciting um, faci guest facilitators with bringing their own magic in different ways related to each of the chakras as well. Yeah. Yeah. I really feel there's going to be such potency in that. And like you said, like being in that journey in that container, whether it's for a single event or coming along for the entire seven months and just seeing those themes play out and knowing that you're being held in it too mm. and that you're not alone and that you've got the energy of us and of the container and of the community because yeah. one of our intentions of this as well is to really build that community of supportive, like-minded people yeah. um, and help more people just deepen in their love for themselves and allow themselves to be fully authentically expressed and be seen in that and witnessed in that and celebrated in that. Yeah. So I feel like yeah, whether it is like a one-off event that someone comes to or they're coming along to multiple or all of them, they're really going to feel that support of all mm. of us. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah and I'm, yeah. I'm really excited by it. Yeah, me yeah. too. And I love that we've woven this like chakra theme into it as well. And I'd love to chat a little bit more about the chakras. But yeah, to give a little bit more context around that, we're kind of working our way up the chakras. So I think it's so fitting that you're DJing the first one, mm. which is the root chakra, the base chakra. And that's all about that groundedness, the stability. Um, it's that earth energy. And that's a real representation for who you are and your strength and your really earthly elements. And that comes through in many ways, like mm. your love for the dingoes and the way you're a real advocate for them and for nature, your deep appreciation for nature. So I feel like you're setting that foundation, which is that base chakra is like that foundation, isn't it? That we can then build upon with all these other incredible DJs that are coming in um, and bringing their own flavor and medicine and music. Yeah. Um, and then the other facilitators too, that we've really intentionally thought into like, okay, this is the chakra. How can we really like help people anchor in this and mm. activate this and unblock anything that might be blocked there? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And I feel honored as well, like to be, inviting in some of these DJs too, because I'm relatively mm. early on my journey. And, you know, we've got DJs here with 20, 30 years experience um, gonna be joining us and um, like some people that like I look up to in this space. So um, that's like super humbling really. And like, mm. I, I feel like I'm opening a festival in a, in a way where like yeah. <laughs> I'm uh, just, I'm playing the first set, but I do wanna also own the fact that 
I'm also leading, yeah. you know? And so like that's um, a big, as I said, one of my archetypes is that of the leader. And because, you know, we're co-leading and setting this up, I'm, I'm feeling that responsibility actually to set the tone of like, mm. cool, like, this, is, this is what this event stands for. Yeah. And um, this first one, I'm really excited about because I feel like just not only like, like again, root chakra has many different ways it can be interpreted. The biggest one for me though is safety. Mm-hmm. And the most important thing I feel for anyone to drop into their healing journey or into feeling safe or feeling all their emotions is to feel safe, Yeah. right? You need to huge. feel safe to actually relax into allowing the emotions to come through. Yeah. And so to set this container of safety from the start feels like a, an honor. Yeah. And I also feel like, you know, like from that base, we want to, you know, like, I'm, I'm, we haven't really spoken about this, but I'm just opening up to the fact that like, we really want this to be a community experience where if people then have things come up throughout the seven months yeah. that like, let's get around it. Let's mm. like use this as a community to really evolve, transform ex- and play together. Yeah. And like, I can be very at times um, attracted by the idea of just shutting out the world and just like going on my own mission. But mm-hmm. I get, I it's scary to say this, but like, I really want to lean into more community and really surrender in, into, um, you know, like not needing to do it all myself. Yeah. And uh, yeah, like hopefully this is a space that other people can feel that too. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. And I love that we haven't spoken about it, but it just feels so aligned. It's just like, yeah, it mm. makes sense. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's really powerful. And I look forward to, the way that you bring your medicine through that music and cultivate that deep safety and the way we'll do that together as well through mm-hmm. me leading the cacao ceremony and the other elements and flavors that we have to bring to yeah. co-facilitating and leading and guiding people through that. Yeah, totally. Yeah, totally. yeah just, just yeah. to kind of put a full stop on that point as well. I don't know about you, but for me, 2024 feels like it's going to be the biggest year yet. Mm-hmm. And Last year was pretty big. Yeah, but... last year was <laughs> off the charts for you. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I got a feeling this year is going to be pretty massive. Yeah. And um, so to have this container woven through more than half of it yeah. feels really special. Yeah. Um, so like anyone that either is connected to us already or like we will connect with in the future, like mm-hmm. just really like honored and grateful if you join us for this because yeah. it'd be such a special way to kind of just have those checkpoints as well and be like just Mm. keep on on the path together and this is not like one of those big coaching containers that um you know are out there and we've been part of before where it's going to cost thousands of dollars this is going to cost like is it like 198 dollars yeah so for seven seven events yeah seven months yeah it's wild to think about, especially like both of us having experienced the healing power of movement, ecstatic dance, cacao as a plant medicine or plant magic. Yeah. Um, 
yeah, it just kind of blows my mind a little bit. <laughs> but it's like so exciting to be able to bring something so accessible yeah. to people because we need more of this. Totally. Um, and bringing the fun to the personal development as well. I feel like we can get kind of wrapped up in it having to be serious or having to be work, but how can we actually just bring the vibe, bring the party to this inner transformation and inner exploration? Yeah, 100%. Yeah. 100%. Cause yeah, like we've, We've both got our own other businesses that we're really building this year and like you in the nutrition space, me in the leadership space. And um, we obviously like we need to make a living and everything. But Mm. this particular one, speaking for myself at least, feels like soul work and community work. And so like it's it's going to light me up to do it. And like I just want this to be as exciting as possible for the people that come. Yeah. Yeah, me too. Absolutely. Amazing. Yeah, beautiful. So let's chat a little bit more about chakras in themselves for anyone who that might be a bit of a newer concept or has heard of them before but doesn't fully know about them. Um, Yeah, what's kind of your journey traveling through the chakras and utilizing the Mm. power of the chakras being like? (laughs) Yeah, they were massive for me. Um, So much so that I got a full tattoo down my back, down my spine of the seven of them. Um, I don't know if I can show it on the <laughs> but <laughs> um, I'll give it a quick glimpse because like I'm proud of, proud of the artist and the artistry behind it, but just a little glimpse, but there you go. Um, but basically what I got was the seven chakras represented by seven different spirit animals, which mm. represent that energy to me. And yeah. I think what I love about the chakras is that like each, each, of the seven and by the way there's actually like infinite chakras but it's just one of the models is like to look at it grouped in those seven ways but each of them holds so much wisdom and is so specific to a certain like challenge that might be coming up or a certain part of our life and so like actually like for me this was a big lesson in discernment of like how do I handle this situation right now okay well this is actually a rather than trying to find a black and white one size fits all answer it's like okay this actually is a situation where my heart needs to be involved more Mm. where I need to like really tune into like my love for this person my life the world whatever it happens to be Mm -hmm. and because it's actually feeling quite blocked or maybe alternatively like I'm not expressing myself right now the way that I could so mm. I need to do some work with my throat chakra. Yeah. Um, and, you know, each of them have different ways to work with them. But just really getting that more precision on this is, this is the thing that's going to help me the most. So now I have a bit more of a map as to how I work with it. Yeah. And as you're speaking about that, I find it like so fitting that we did choose to go down this path of weaving the chakras into energy and motion because the chakras are literally spinning discs of energy. Mm. They are energy in motion and they can get blocked and stuck in stagnant Mm. and through movement and through intention and through the magic of cacao and all these different tools that we're going to be bringing through energy and motion it can really help to unblock and unlock that so that that energy can be in motion the way it's designed to be and it can really flow through them yeah yeah yeah, yeah it's like just fully landed with me like yeah. i knew there was intention behind it it's like that next level depth there. great great yeah we're on the right path. <laughs> yeah absolutely <laughs> yeah no yeah. look it's for me like it's been a deepening process too where I thought I understood them and then there was more layers and it's like still mm. still learning lot, lots about them. Um, but I think like 
the reason I like to bring the animals into it as well is because sometimes I think like of the chakra and I think it's a little harder for me to connect to. Yeah. But when I think of an animal and of my love for animals, mm-hmm. it's like cool. Like I'm thinking of, you know, my heart chakra animal is the duck. I'm yeah. like, oh, I love ducks so much. <laughs> so, and a duck makes me like all like a little inner child and like really like feel that sense of cuteness and playfulness and yeah. puts me into my heart space Yeah. versus a wolf. A wolf mm-hmm. is my throat chakra animal in my tattoo and that makes me want to like howl at the moon and like express myself through business and like mm. really like step into my leader and like that this kind of energy so yeah. um it just that's just my tool of how I kind of like to um connect with the different chakras yeah it makes so much sense too to find something that really helps you tune in and connect and you're so deeply linked to the earth and the elements and animals in particular mm. so yeah I love how you've woven that into them and found your animals that represent each of those yeah totally totally. Yeah. I think it's one of those things as well with the chakras that like it's kind of like fractal where each of the within each chakra there's like all the chakras are in them mm-hmm. and then within them all them are in them again and it's like it just keeps going down as well so yeah. um that's one thing that I feel like is important for us to highlight as well for the event coming up too is that like your full human expression mm. is still alive. Yeah. And within that, there may be one theme that's present or like overarching, but there'll also be all the other parts are interrelated. This is the great thing about this system is it's a holistic interconnected system mm. where like a rising tide lifts all the ships. Mm-hmm. So you, did I say ships? I said ships, ships. Yeah. not something else. um so all the by healing one chakra we're opening the flow Mm. for all of them yeah yeah letting that like river flow yeah Yeah. how has your life changed since you've stepped more into your authentic expression and embodiment (laughs) (laughs) from that shy boy who wanted to study accounting so he could sit behind a desk to the man you are now (laughs) yeah that's been a journey and this is the thing about death and rebirth is like, I actually don't even identify with that person. Mm. Um, I love them because yeah. they got me here yeah. and I can, I have some shared memories, Yeah. but it's hard to actually feel that I was that person, mm. um, but I was mm-hmm. uh, and I am. And with that, um, like with that journey, the, the first transformation came from choosing to uh, choosing that I wasn't going to be in that pain mm. anymore and like from being in that accounting job where I thought I could hire I actually got fired after a year for not being confident enough as an accountant mm. like yeah. what like what the hell like I thought I could hide here of all places and yeah. that not even there was safe I needed to like I needed to solve this mm. I needed to overcome this fear of connecting with people and being potentially rejected and so I actually then from that I was like well I guess I got no choice and I put myself in every situation possible to step out of my comfort zone and connect Mm. with people Um, public speaking speaking to women like all these things that terrified me but then that growth kind of then started to snowball and um, that led to me like traveling and traveling really helped me get out of my shell and also Mm. meet other people that showed me that like there was no one way of being in this world. Mm. So I could be more of myself. Yeah. Um, and so I think like, how has it affected 
who I am now and the life I'm living now, like, well, it's allowed me to be that person because before I was being a watered down version of it. Yeah. And the, it, one thing I want to share on this is that it's not, it hasn't been a straight and smooth ride, yeah. especially at the start. Mm-hmm. Like the more I stepped into my authenticity, the first part of that journey was letting go of a lot. Mm. And I think like one quote that I learned early on that really stuck with me was that authenticity is the greatest filter Mm. because as soon as I started like being more of my authentic self, a lot of people didn't resonate with that. Mm. These were people that I'd had around in my life for a while and they were like, "Mm, I don't know what's going on here. And they weren't like judging me or or they weren't like putting that on me. They just chose to start to drift away a little bit. And I also chose that. So, and there was pain in that, in the letting go of that. But what I realized is that this is a filtration system Mm. and amazing. The purity of what's coming through for me in my life is now being allowed to really be like clarified Mm. in my glass. Yeah. And so I got to like, by letting go of the things that, by being authentic, it filters out the pieces of my life and the connections and all this that wasn't authentic, Mm -hmm. which meant that I got to be as clear as possible on who I actually am. And then again, by creating the space, what was meant for me was naturally magnetized in to fill that space because nature abhors a vacuum is another saying out there, Mm. right? There's a space that's going to be filled. Yeah. So made that space and then all the things that my soul really desired started being called in. Mm. And uh, life gets more and more magical every year. And I have no mm-hmm. idea how it's going to continue to, but I'm yeah. sure. Yeah. How will you top last year? <laughs> <laughs> I yeah. can't wait to see. <laughs> I know it'll happen. Me I know it's too. inevitable. <laughs> yeah, I'm excited yeah. to be part of that journey. <laughs> yeah. 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 And, and on that, like I think um, there's certain beliefs that, I hold fundamental that I think support me, mm-hmm. but I think like not everyone believes that every year gets better. Yeah. I do. Like it feels just obvious to me. Yeah. But it probably didn't when I was like 18 because I didn't have evidence of it. Yeah. Um, so I just want to drop that in there just as a little piece for people to sit with and go, okay, cool. Like what if I believe that every year got better? Yeah. Like maybe it will. Yeah, well, our beliefs create our reality, so it will. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like if we truly deeply believe that, we'll yeah. see that as evidence in our reality because it's a belief we hold and mm. our beliefs are a blueprint for our life. Yeah. Yeah. And it's also kind of like tuning into what does better mean for us, right? Because mm. like yeah, when totally. we look at better as just these pinnacle moments or we hold like these things on a pedestal and it's like when those happen they're the best days of our life Mm -hmm. but what if we start seeing every day and every moment as the best day and the best moment of our life and that's Mm. an energy i'm bringing into this year because i'm creating this is my best year yet and that's literally seeing moment to moment like now having this conversation with you sitting on the couch going deep into all this wisdom this is the best moment ever yeah and later when i'm connecting with ryan that'll be the best moment ever yeah and maybe i'll get triggered and maybe something will happen where i'm feeling emotions of sadness or grief and how can that also be a really blissful experience mm. and the best moment ever like to me I feel like I'm redefining like the best or better as just being really present with yeah. what is and really being there and alive yeah. in those moments 
I love that. Yeah, little tangent. <laughs> you no, know, like it's, it's triggered something in me which isn't fully formed, but I'm going to speak to it anyway because yeah. it feels like a powerful lesson on leadership, mm. which is that like a leader gets to expand their sense of self to hold the realities and visions of whatever it is they're leading, whether it be their team. You know, I speak about the dingoes and the fact they lead the ecosystem, mm. but like let's let's stick to humans for now. Like as a leader. I get to be responsible for the team that I lead. Mm. And by expanding my sense of like what I'm responsible for, I get to be connected to and available to greater levels of joy, also greater levels of sadness, mm. also greater levels of anger, pain, jealousy, whatever the thing is. Like there's just more. There's more life because I'm holding more. But if I'm shutting down parts of it, then I might be holding it, but I might not be feeling it. Mm. So I might not be actually experiencing that more life. So yeah. this is why I think like being in a leadership position, whether it be official or whether it be just like how we choose to show up, like for our family or for our community or whatever it happens to be, yeah. is a beautiful opportunity if we choose to be there fully for it. Mm. Like if we don't yeah. choose to be there fully for it and we're kind of like holding it out of like burden or obligation, yeah. it'll crush us. Yeah. It'll absolutely like, and people can take their own beliefs out of this, but I'm feeling like for myself, I've seen it time and time again, where leaders that have resisted feeling on behalf of their team mm. have been broken down until it breaks them. And then it all comes flush, flooding through. And that can be yeah. a profound moment, but maybe not the way that people would choose to experience. Yeah. <laughs> totally. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's such an interesting thought. I, yeah, I'm glad yeah. you talked through that with us. And the, the reason that came up is because you were speaking about expanding your perspective of like, um, of moments being the best moment yet. Mm -hmm. And I feel like what I was hearing there is expanding, like choosing to see all the moments as perfect and blissful mm. and expanding your definition yeah. of what bliss can be. Yeah. And by being willing to hold more, whether <laughs> it be holding more people in a team or whether it be holding more of your experience. Yeah. Again, it's like, cool, you're holding more and how much of it are you going to allow mm. to experience? Yeah. Yeah. And kind of on that note on what you were saying earlier around the, spectrum of the emotions and when we allow ourselves to feel things one way it also allows us to feel more on the other side and mm. I personally have really found that the more I go into the depths the more I can soar to the heights mm. what's your experience been as you have like cultivated this relationship with your emotions and really like been there with them and learned to feel bliss through them mm. how has that transformed your experience of yeah feeling the full spectrum yeah yeah totally like couldn't agree more it's uh they call this shadow work and like by shining a light light on the shadow parts of ourselves, well, we get to see more of ourselves and that light can be our own self-love. Mm. And so if there's a part of me, let's say there's something in my past that I'm feeling guilt around yeah. and I'm like just going on with my life, but I'm like, oh, I don't want to look at that because I'm a bit ashamed of that. Yeah. If I choose to actually invest some time to sit and look 
at that part of my life where I was feeling guilty and really have a felt sense of the fact that I was just doing my best mm. and maybe I'll choose differently in the future but the person that showed up then was doing their best and was ultimately trying to handle it for the good of all but like was actually just limited in their ability to navigate it mm. by actually accepting that part of myself and loving it and then not just allowing it but also like being like thank you like thank you so much mm. because your decisions and actions have gotten me to here where I can now forgive that part of myself yeah. and by un by then I kind of see it like a tribe right it's like there's a whole tribe of people and this part of me is one of the tribe members yep. and it's done something that the rest of the tribe's like oh, this, this guy <laughs> keeps doing these things How and like <laughs> yeah and like one option would be is to exile them from the tribe mm. and if we do that it might make the rest of the tribe feel a bit more comfortable in the moment mm -hmm. but what happens when someone else does something then they get exiled too and then before you know it it's like sped up and then like there's no one left. Yeah. <laughs> Where'd the tribe go? Yeah, because each member of the tribe is going to be bringing something important for the tribe as well. Yeah. And so actually, like in that metaphor, what I believe is the healthiest option is for there to be some form of reconciliation mm -hmm. where that person is brought back in and um, forgiven, loved, celebrated mm. and um, woven back into the fabric of the tribe yeah. in a way that then makes the whole tribe stronger. Yeah. And, you know, I think some people have heard of this, I hope so, but I love this story of in African tribes, how when someone like messes up, um, everyone in the tribe has a song that they've had um, sung to them their whole childhood that's mm -hmm. unique to them. And when that tribe messes up, they get that person in and they all sing this song to that person to really like celebrate them and bring them in. Mm -hmm. And I've heard that the reason behind this is like a recognition that actually like any failure of any person in the tribe is the responsibility of every person mm. in the tribe yeah. because it's a co-creation. Yeah. And so what's the best way to heal that? Is it to place blame and like, or is it just celebrate and like pour love onto the person that had to bear the brunt of that failure? Because mm. who suffers more from someone fucking up than the person who did it? Yeah. Right? Like, you know, obviously there's examples where boundaries have been crossed and things which we yeah. can look at, but ultimately, the perpetrator still suffers a lot yeah. and requires some love and healing to be able to not do it again. Yeah, and usually the reason they did it was because they were hurting, like hurt people hurt people, yeah. if we're looking at it from that lens. I'd say like always the reason, yeah. Yeah, so the more that we can shine that like light and love on them and forgive them and remind them of their power, Yeah. Um, that's so transformative. Yeah. Pretty much the, my mission and why I got into coaching was this, mm. this sense of like, when people are operating from their highest self, mm -hmm. no one's out there polluting the planet intentionally. Yeah. No one's out there like hurting other people or like oppressing um, minority populations. Or no one's doing that if they're actually feeling in their highest self. Yeah, totally. Right? <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that behavior wouldn't exist. Yeah, like yeah. I, my mission is more nature-based because I love nature. Yeah. Um, but the way that I see to do that is to help humans heal. Yeah. Yeah, and what better way to do that than supporting other leaders? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And the leadership space for me is like, again, I just, 
I've been in the leadership position and I feel like leaders have a great deal of privilege and, um, and honor in getting positions like this, but also a great deal of unrecognized burden mm. and, uh, and responsibility that can be placed on, on us. And, uh, I think like often you hear these stories of leaders that felt like they're alone at the top mm. as well. And what I love is really supporting those leaders in feeling that sense of, um, of kinship and being able to like open up and be vulnerable and like have some of these cathartic emotional experiences to heal and to move through that. Mm -hmm. And then my belief is that, you know, leaders um, have a great deal of leverage and by healing even 1% of the heart of a leader is going to shift the trajectory of all the people they lead Mm. in a powerful way as well. Yeah, absolutely. And speaking of leadership, I'd love to ask you, like, obviously there's the leading a team, but it Mm. kind of starts within, right? Mm. So how did you learn to really show up and lead your life? And obviously that's now rippled into other people and being able to lead others. But yeah, what would be your advice based on your experience for how we can all be the leaders in our own lives? Mm. Yeah, look, and ultimately I I think leadership for me is about taking responsibility, which means Mm. like, if I'm leading a team, again, just really acknowledging that like it's on me, mm-hmm. even if it doesn't feel any way connected. I'm like, how how can I do better? Because mm. I'm I'm responsible here. So, it as a leader, yes, it starts from within and it ends within. Yeah, yeah. Like it, there might be a journey where there's working with other people in that, but like the more that I can bring it back to what's in my control here, the more that I'm leading my own life, and therefore. Mm going to be trusted to lead those around me so where i mean where it started is probably um thousands of generations ago Um, (laughs) just going back a little bit of time all the ancestors that have like paved the way for any form of leadership yeah um but in my life one of the moments of progressing towards this has been um the moment i decided to quit working for an accounting firm and start my own accounting firm. I think it was about 23 or 24 at the time Mm -hmm. because I knew that I wanted to go traveling and I didn't know how I was going to make it work or even why really, but I just knew that in my heart, I just couldn't stay working in an accounting firm Mm -hmm. in an office um, and not see the world. Mm -hmm. And so I followed my heart and I think like, by following my heart, that was the greatest act of leadership that I'd done to that point in my life. And that really opened up the world in a way that like, I'm still blown away by, you know, like I got to live in seven countries in my twenties. Like I got to like support clients in Australia while, you know, living like a king on, um, in in Thailand or Argentina or Mexico and like, um, getting all these amazing experiences whilst helping people here. grow their businesses and grow their impact and I think like from that experience of following my heart it inspired me to continue to do that where I believe I built this mentality or this just default operating system of my authentic truth is more important than the external metrics of success. Mm. And so this for me is integrity. We're talking about integrity right now, which is mm. like 
how can I be true to myself and be, be supportive to those around me at the same time? Mm-hmm. Like this and that are true. So that like the second part evolved from the first part, but I think I needed to really own the fact that like my word is my bond. Mm. Whenever I'm saying something, not only am I like making a promise to people, but I'm also like drawing the map or the the picture of what my life is going to become Mm. with my words I create. That's the literal meaning of the word abracadabra, Mm. right? So by realizing that it is critical to hold integrity to my word because if I break my word then how can I believe anything Mm. right like if I can have trust in my word then it's going to snowball and like build trust with other people but most importantly build trust with myself yeah and so the only way to be true to my word is to actually say something that's true (laughs) yeah right to myself Mm -hmm. and so that kind of I think that level of integrity which I'm still journeying with and still evolving. I'm not perfect, Mm -hmm. but that is, I believe, one of the key seeds that led to leadership. Mm. Yeah, that's so potent. I'm just going to sit with that for a minute because I feel like there's just (laughs) so much magic in that. Yeah, I've never thought of it in that way before, so valuable to, to express for me. Yeah. And how did you learn to hear your truth and listen to your heart? Hmm. Yeah, yeah, I'm someone who has struggled with this in the past where my mind is the loudest voice going on in my system. And some people are like, just follow your intuition, follow your heart. And I'm like, who's that? <laughs> like, yeah, like, who said that? <laughs> yeah, but, um, but over time, like, I think it's realizing how it is for me. And for me, often, like, it's there's two it's kind of two pieces here which ideally they're lined up but if they're not then I need to kind of like then I I guess I can't make a wrong decision because they both they both work but one Mm. of them is for me following my heart is another way to say like what am I excited about like what lights me up and so like when I saw that DJ course come out I was like oh my god that looks amazing okay cool my heart's telling me that I want to do this my head's like dude, that's going to make no sense to your business. Like, that you've never done it before. Like, don't do that. It's like a six-hour flight away. Like, yeah. Don't do that. And my heart's like, dude, we're doing it. Yeah. <laughs> Get that ticket right now. <laughs> and so, like, that's the main way that I follow my heart. Mm-hmm. The other thing I like to follow, because I find it fun, is to follow the signs. Mm. And what I mean by that is sometimes I feel like the world around me, the universe, life is speaking to me. Mm-hmm. And one way it might happen is I might just all of a sudden like notice that in the last 24 hours, I've seen a flamingo three <laughs> times in a row. Like, wow, okay, why, why are there flamingos everywhere? Like this guy had on his <laughs> shirt, it's on that billboard over there. Yeah. This song's speaking about flamingos, like flamingos are in the field right now what's going on and so then like getting curious what would a flamingo 
mean? What would that message be? And Google it or like look at some kind of like Oracle card or like something that just tells me or maybe like watch some flamingos on YouTube or, and then just like listen, like cool. So for me, flamingos are giving me a strong message of like flamboyancy or, um, but also a bit of grace in that too and balance. Okay, cool. Maybe I need a little bit more of that in my life. Mm -hmm. um, and so that can be a subtle way to listen to the signs. And then a more direct way is just like, just synchronicities happening over and over again. Like it might be about a person or it might be about like um, a decision that I'm trying to make. And it's just like, feels like the external world is saying, there's two paths. This path is just getting light after light lit up on it. Uh, lit, yeah. lit up on it. Actually, I'll, I haven't thought of it this way and this feels important for me to express. So I'm gonna mm. just get this clearly because I guess what I'm saying here is that there's two paths laid out and the signs that are coming from the universe are like lights on the one of the paths saying, come over here. Maybe both paths have some signs. So it's like, which one's more well lit? And then still I get to sit there and go with all that, that path looks like a bit like kind of more guided. Mm -hmm. But if my heart's still saying there's other path, maybe I still go the other path. Mm. or maybe not you know there's no right answer I don't think there's any right or wrong yeah. decisions in life so yeah. um, but I get to choose yeah and so that's a nuanced distinction I hadn't made before mm. yeah. yeah and on that note of there being no right or wrong is there anything else you want to speak to there because this is something that I've been really journeying with mm. and really starting to realize like yeah, it's, it's all perfect. But is there anything that you've kind of learned along your journey when it comes to distinguishing? Yeah, that? totally. Like, this is so, this goes so deep that I, I hope people can hear this and I hope I can hear this because I think one of the most damaging things that we can do, and I've just done it, but I'll come back to that, is labeling things as good or bad mm. because ultimately they're like when it we zoom out the perspective to the universal scale mm -hmm. everything's just happening as it is and yes there's cause and effect that's important to acknowledge if something happens like if, if i hurt someone they're going to feel a certain way they might choose to act back in in accordance with that there might be other people that come in and um, try to take some actions to mitigate that in the future. Like there's going to be cause and effect. Yep. And, but nothing is inherently good or bad mm. because we don't know where it's going to lead. We don't know the motivations or intentions behind it. Like everything is just, I mean, if you break it into scientific terms, like energy or matter, yep. right? And like it's only our personal preferences mm. that make one thing good or bad. Problem is, whenever we label one thing good, we have to create something bad relative to it mm. in order for that thing to remain good. Mm -hmm. Because like, you know, for example, where right now in the most peaceful stage of human history, right? Like is basically less war than ever before mm. but it's still like relative to non-violence it's a very like i would say i could say it could be 
labeled bad. Mm. But the reality is like, it's actually good relative to the previous amount of violence that was happening. Yeah, it's all subjective. It's all subjective. And ultimately, all of what I've just said there is putting it on a hierarchy when it just is. Mm. It just is what it is. Yeah. And there's, again, certain levels of pain that are going to be associated with that. But the suffering can come from us labeling it good or bad because that's that form of resistance mm-hmm. because it's trying to make it um it's trying to add a layer of personal preference on top of the reality of just what's happening yeah yeah yeah, yeah i always like to remind myself that everything is neutral until we give it a meaning mm. like it all just is like you said it's all just energy it's all just matter mm. Um, and that can be something like our emotions rather than labeling them good and bad. Can we just see that they're all neutral and they're just all wanting to be expressed. It's all just energy and motion. And with food, this is a common one I'm constantly talking about with people Mm. because there's these labels of good and bad placed on foods. And one way I like to look at it is there's no such thing as bad foods as bad habits. And like Mm. the way we use foods or the intention behind foods or the frequency of which we consume them. And then it becomes like something that will have detrimental impacts on our health. But ultimately, the things aren't good or bad. And even that is creating story around it. Mm. Even that is creating like, oh, having bad health. Bad health. So even yeah. the languaging here is a bad thing, is it? Mm. <laughs> could it could it in a way be serving us? Sure. <laughs> totally, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like an example that feels like it might speak a bit clearer to it for me is mm-hmm. that a lot of parents will say to their kid, oh, you're such a good kid. Mm. You're such a good kid over and over again. And there's so much beautiful intention behind that. Yeah. And it can create a dynamic where that kid then feels like they have to live up to that standard. Yeah. And anything below that is now bad because Mm. that duality is now being created. Yeah. Versus like just celebrating whatever the moment is without kind of like putting a judgment of like there is a right and a wrong way to do this. Yeah. It's just like, just is. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Cause that whole like good girl conditioning or good boy conditioning that mm. so many of us were brought into or society in general, I feel like this is a very big theme. Even yeah. just the whole Christmas thing. It's all about naughty or nice. Yeah, like you've got to be yeah, a good totally. kid to get your present. Totally. It's like societal, it's deep, but and then this, it just it goes, it goes back to religion, right? Yeah. And like I'm a big fan of religion. Mm-hmm. Um, like I think there's so much, um, like wisdom and beauty in religion actually all religions and it's almost controversial to say that in some circles Mm. um but i do love religion for what it has at its core yeah and i think like one thing that i i struggle with with some of the um some of the religions is this sense of there's a right and a wrong good Mm. and evil yeah and you'll be punished like yeah yeah, heaven and hell hell. yeah and what I believe actually is that there's, there is like a heavenly realm and underworld, but it's just light and dark, Mm. light and dark, like night and day. Is night bad? Mm. No, No. (laughs) I like night. (laughs) It's all subjective. Some people might not, but yeah, I love night. I love day. Totally. Yeah. It's all, it's all beautiful in its own way. Totally. And I think a lot of the traditional societies recognize this, right? And a lot of Mm. the Eastern philosophies recognize this where there's a sense of like embracing the shadow, embracing the darkness Mm. and really like seeing it for this sense of 
fertility and um, like real um, ability to nurture. Mm. Um, and also one way this is interpreted is that the light is seen as the divine masculine and the dark is seen as the divine feminine, mm. which again, like, are we living in a society at the, in these centuries that we're still a part of that has an inherent bias towards the masculine over the feminine? Mm. Like in gender, yes, and also in our systems yeah. and the way we approach nature and all of these other things where, you know, art is like from a priority point of view compared to business mm. is placed on a different priority. Like all of these ways that we celebrate the masculine, the light, mm. more than the feminine. Not to say the masculine and the light doesn't deserve celebrating, yeah. but let's not demonize the dark and the feminine and yeah. what has been labeled as, um, as the underworld. Yeah. Have you read Conversations with God? No, I haven't. Oh, highly recommend. Yeah. And same as Outwitting the Devil by Napoleon Hill. Awesome. Love these topics. So it's right like on theme with this and this whole like heaven and hell. And yeah, it's profound. And that's probably a whole other tangent that we could go on. But it's not <laughs> yeah. feeling as relevant for this. Yeah. But yeah. Wow. There's so much to sit with this from this conversation. Yeah. There's so much depth and beauty and... Yeah. Can I just say here as well on, on heaven and hell, because it, mm -hmm. it is a rabbit hole that I want to go a little bit further down because with, with this concept, mm -hmm. this is something that like, and this is again, this is leadership. Now I could say the world needs to change mm. or I could say, cool, how can I change? Because mm. I get to choose my experience of the world. Yeah. And for me, like, this is why continuing to embrace the darkness, embrace mm. the shadows of myself, is this reclaiming of like, wow, there's half of my experience that I get to like really own and embody and mm. celebrate that otherwise was shut out and actually like fighting against the other half of me. Yeah. And when I do that within myself, then I can start to heal it in the world outside as well. Yeah. Um, this is the whole thing behind Mahatma Gandhi's quote, be the change you want to see in the world. It's like, do it inside. Yeah. And so the reason this is so critical is I've got this theory around heaven and hell, mm -hmm. which is that anyone who's experienced some form of psychedelics or let's say like intense um, breath work or anything that's taken someone to an altered state, yeah. they've gone into this other dimension, right? This realm where there's like all sorts of, it's basically this realm of interconnectivity where mm. everything is one and we can experience this in the dream state as well. And what's actually happening there is our brains releasing a substance called DMT. Mm -hmm. And this is from the pineal gland, the same gland that when we die actually floods our system with DMT. And my theory is that when we die, we basically enter that same space of interconnectivity that yeah. we're accessing with other methods. Yeah. And so in that space, there is no time. Mm. Everything is now, everything is, is connected. And my experience of in psychedelic spaces has been where I've had reflected back to me all of the things that I've done from the perspective of the other people involved. Mm. And wow. that has been 
I believe that's what karma can be as well. It's cause and effect. Yeah. And I can choose to, like, inherently, my actions might have had some effects that are uncomfortable for the other people, and therefore I will then feel that discomfort. Mm-hmm. Or I could even label it as I've done some bad things, and then I'll have a bad experience. And so my belief here is that that feeling of bad mm-hmm. in a space that is eternal and... Um, and happens after death when our brain is flooded with the strongest psychedelic substance known yeah. is the equivalent of hell. Mm. And the same thing for the heaven side of things, the things that have caused beautiful... Um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like beautiful effects on the people that we've interacted with mm-hmm. have been reflected back and then now I'm getting to experience that in a timeless space yeah and so the, I know this is a rabbit hole but what I'm trying to say here is that heaven and hell I, I believe in mm-hmm. in terms of our subconscious reflection back to us of how we've engaged with the world mm. but by labeling it as good or bad that's really going to again make half of that experience very challenging it's what creates the suffering very challenging. Yeah. Yeah. yeah versus like learning to navigate that world yeah. learning to find the beauty in it mm-hmm. like that you know, said that heaven is here on earth i believe that like heaven can also be in hell mm. yeah like we can find heaven anywhere yeah. Nelson Mandela can walk out of Robben Island prison, yeah. like uh, being having been free the whole time he was in there, yeah. and be feeling these states of like intense freedom. Like yeah. I can do it when someone cuts me off in traffic. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> totally. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but I can even do it when my nan passes away, mm. and I believe it's available to everybody. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely resonate with a lot of that, and do believe that heaven and hell are just states of mind, whether it is in this. You know, like human experience or whether it is in the other realms mm. it really is like how we're choosing to feel and often when we are open to the full spectrum and willing to feel the bliss in the whole spectrum of it and like the full the emotions fully felt that's that state of heaven mm. whereas it's in that suffering and that resistance or in certain beliefs that we might hold or ways that we might punish ourselves because like you mentioned before like there can be certain conditioning that comes from different religions and i also really love and respect all of the religions and there's mm. beautiful lessons in them but i can also see the shadowy sides of some of them too or mm-hmm. most of them everything has light and dark so mm-hmm. <laughs> there's yeah. always going to be the shadow there's always going to be the light yeah. Um, and yeah, we can choose to suffer and have that like hell state of mind, or we can choose to be in that heaven state of mind where we're really just like embracing it and not resisting. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. For sure. It's kind of like the, um, quote by the Dalai Lama, like, um, love is the absence of judgment. Mm. Right. And so by choosing to love it all and which is simply not judging it, not labeling it good or bad, Yeah. then it all becomes heaven. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And it really is what you said. It's like that journey back to wholeness mm. by reintegrating that shadow part, that dark part, that yeah. bad, quote unquote, part and learning to love that, removing the judgment around that. Yeah. And it is that journey of wholeness within that then ripples out externally. Yeah. Yeah. What beautiful leadership. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Wow. 
Beautiful. Well, this has been such an incredible conversation. Yeah. I love that we just like let it flow and I feel like so much potency came out through this. Mm. Is there anything like any kind of final words of wisdom or things that you'd like to touch on before we do wrap up? Hmm. I guess I just invite anyone listening to this to just notice how they're feeling in this moment. Mm. Like actually having heard some of these concepts, some of them might be new, some might not be. Yeah. Is anything coming up? Yeah. Are you feeling any tension in your body? Is anything like, is there racing thoughts trying to distract you from hearing some of this? Mm. Um, or are you feeling like super open, like, there's no right or wrong here. Yeah. So whatever it is though, being aware of it mm. is the first step. Yeah. Because if you're aware of it, then you can actually choose where to next. Yeah. And so again, like I will just, I will just share one model I have around this, which is the first step to any emotional expression is to firstly be aware of your current state. Mm. And so if you're noticing that like, oh, I'm feeling tight in my arms and my belly and feeling a little bit like fearful of this new information amazing like awesome mm. awareness you caught it yeah. and once you feel that next step is to find some acceptance in that it's like cool i guess this is how i am right now like no good or bad right so i guess like i don't fully understand it but i'll just let that be as it is mm. amazing and it might take a bit longer but like high level that could be the next step yeah. The next step would be appreciation, which is beyond accepting it just being there. It's like, wow, awesome. Like, <laughs> thank you for this experience. Like, this is, yeah. uh, I've never felt this way before. Mm. Okay, it feels a bit, it did feel a bit uncomfortable, but now that I sit with it, actually, I can get used to this. Like, mm. yeah, okay. And I can see how this can help me grow and like all of these other things. Like, thank you. Thank you so much for this experience. Mm. Um, and then from that place of gratitude, then we're ready to take action. Yeah. Then we're ready to step into the next action of what we want to build in our life because now we'll be bringing an energy of gratitude into it. We're going to be stepping into speaking to someone from this place of being lit up, not being all constricted and mm. um, sharing that energy of fear with them. So um, I feel like that four-step process is uh, just a simple way for people to to move through anything yeah. and uh, just if you make it one of the steps through amazing yeah. amazing and if you get distracted and don't do the rest of them cool awesome they're yeah. there whenever you want to come back to them so, yeah it's all perfect yeah yeah amazing thank you for sharing that That's, yeah yeah really powerful tool and framework yeah pleasure yeah. thanks so much for having yeah. me on you're Charlie. welcome where can the listeners find you and continue to learn from you and dive into your world yeah amazing so anyone interested in leadership coaching or working with me on a corporate level can find me on linkedin at leaders with heart um, leaderswithheart.com.au is the website as well Beautiful. podcast is called leaders with heart and uh you can find me on instagram as well pattymac.truth P-A-T-T-Y-M-A-C.T-R-U-T-H. Beautiful. And you'll be linked in everything I share around this podcast. Awesome. Um, and yeah, highly recommend heading over to Patty's podcast. If you've liked this conversation, there's more of these kinds of conversations <laughs> that he's bringing out regularly. So yeah, there's so much to be learned from you, both through your coaching and through the other things you're bringing to the world. Um, yeah, and I'm excited to continue to share our medicine, yeah. our co-creations through energy and motion as well. So anyone in Melbourne, come join us. Come yeah. have a boogie and transform through beauty and dance and play and fun. It's going to be 
going to be so much fun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Thanks, Charlotte. Thank you, buddy. Amazing. Appreciate Thanks. you. You too. I hope you enjoyed that episode as much as I did. I would love for you to leave me a review via the Apple Podcasts app and let me know what you think. I'm always open to feedback and if you have any dream guests or topic requests, please feel free to send me a direct message or an email. If you know anyone else that this episode could benefit, I would be so grateful if you could share it with them. Together, we can help even more people live a nourished life. Your support means so much to me and I appreciate you being here. See you next time.